Hawkeyes. Welcome back to the UI Sports Salescast presented by the University of Iowa Sport and Recreation Management Program. My name is Charlie Taylor, and I'm your host as we talk ticket sales and revenue generation with sports industry executives from around the country. The UI Sports Salescast gives our students timely conversations covering multiple topics in revenue generation to help them prepare for their sports careers. This episode is special because today, we're joined by a UI alum and graduate of the Sport and Recreation Management Program. Justin Boyer graduated in 2019 and sat in the same seats of our students today, but only just a couple of years ago. Justin started her career after graduation from Iowa with the Memphis Grizzlies in inside sales, then moved over to NASCAR for a little over a year before going back to the Grizzlies in June of 2021, where she now sells group tickets full time. It's always great to talk to a graduate to give us the insight into making that first big jump into the sports industry. And with that, Justin, welcome into the sales cast. So how are things going today? That's awesome. Hey, everybody. Uh, thank you so much for having me. Um, when you reached out to me, I was floored. I love when Hawkeyes reach out via LinkedIn, email. I'm always more than happy to help, you know, people out. Um give an olive branch where I can. So um, thank you again for having me. And things are going good here in Memphis. We're suited up and ready to go for playoffs against the first round for the Lakers. So so we're ready. We're got the celebration started today. Just a couple of years ago, you were here in Iowa City. You were looking for that gig. You were going through practicums and everything in our program. Talk to us what it was like getting into that first position with Memphis. And what do you know now that you maybe wish you knew then in making that transition? Ironically, the way I got the position in Memphis was via Dan's field trips. I believe the most recent one was to Indy. So we took a trip to Tennessee in, oh, geez, it must have been early 2000, well, like early 2019. So we visited the Memphis Grizzlies front office the Tennessee Titans, and then the Nashville Sounds, the minor league baseball team in, in Nashville. And there, I mean, the gates were just kind of open. You network as much as you wanted to. If you wanted to stay back, if you're a little shyer, as the day went on, you learned your techniques, what works best. I believe we started here in Memphis with the Grizzlies. And luckily for me, there's another Hawkeye on the sales staff. Her name is uh, Lindsay Sorensen Jones now. But we connected immediately. She's from Iowa and small town. And we, like I said, we connected immediately. We talked throughout the whole entire game. Um, she was just very Iowa nice. Uh, you will hear that once you get out of Iowa. It's true. But it was just nice, like having a calm interaction with her. Because at first, I didn't know what I really wanted out of this field trip. Um, but immediately once I saw what Memphis had to offer, and that was before John Morant, I really wasn't a huge NBA fan. I didn't really know what was all going on. But having that trust with another Hawkeye really kicked things off for me. And then once I got back home to Iowa, I asked her, you know, what what do you have going on? Because I, I trust you. And we had a lot of similarities. And she was like, she explained the inside sales program and how she was revamping it herself. And it just, it made perfect sense. It was a leap of faith, but it made perfect sense for me. And I'm so glad I took it. We talk a lot about that networking and, and here we've got that actual real life case where a Hawkeye talks to a Hawkeye and the next thing you know, we've got careers. Give us a little bit more, dive into that a little bit about the skills that you needed when you got started. What did you take from our program that you're applying even today as you guys get ready for that playoff game? 
For sure. Um, so I was a member of Fans First with Anna. And man, oh man, wearing those neon shirts. I mean, you're like, gosh, how is this going to translate? Like, you're just kicking yourself like, why am I here at 8 a.m. for a wrestling tournament? But I pro- like the, that is where I develop my customer service techniques and my strengths. Every day you have to use it, whether you're even like, you know, with my coworkers, you have to communicate with everybody, whoever it may be. And that's what gets you places. I believe, you know, being able to communicate, having and holding conversations with people, being with the general public, it's, it's hard if you haven't worked in the service industry or you didn't have that experience before college. But I'm so thankful for Fans First because it broke down my barrier for me just to go up to random people and say, hey, are you excited for the game? Are you excited for the match? Can I show you to your seats? Can I do this or that? Or how can I help you? So that, that definitely kickstarted my strengths and how I communicate with people today, you know, a few years later. You, you touched on something there that I think is important. And I remember back to selling uh, tickets with the Detroit Pistons and it's getting past that first big moment when you're asking somebody for their money. And would you say that that fans first program, when you translated that directly into selling tickets and asking people for that, at least maybe in your experience, it's different, but in mine, it seemed like a lot of money I was asking for. And you get nervous saying, can we put that credit card down on that? Give us a little insight in that moment or those moments and maybe how that fans first experience translated into now you're responsible for generating revenue for your team. Yeah, that's a very good point. You're right. When I see a thousand dollars, two thousand, even back then when I was in inside sales, when I was obviously just out of college, start my student loan started kicking in and there was a a invoice to someone who wanted season tickets for about 2,500. And I was like, gosh, there's no way, like this is so much money. I can't believe I'm going to ask them for this and to pay in full. Um, but, and I have also never met these people. It was all over the phone. So being able to build the rapport with them, um, and having the comfortability of asking them questions like, what do you do? What's your family dynamic? How often do you come to Grizzlies games? How often do you come downtown? Again, that broke down the barrier for me to, at the very end, say, what's your card number? If I didn't have the fans first experience of being able to have the capability to build all that rapport, I wouldn't have been able to ask for the card number at the end of the day. Let's jump back to your career for a second. You've had, I think, a pretty cool start. Obviously, inside sales with an NBA franchise. You then jumped to NASCAR. And then you've jumped back to the Grizzlies. So give us a little insight, if you could. What are some of the similarities to the positions you've had? And what were the differences uh, between the, the, the two groups? Sure. So when I started with the Grizzlies, it was an inside sales position, which was you are grinding out you want to be at the top of the revenue board. It's a lot of prospecting your own leads. You don't get handed a book of business. You are grinding it. And I hate that term, but that's just what you're doing. So then once that time concluded, I went to NASCAR down in Daytona Beach and I wasn't handed a book of business necessarily that I knew. And it wasn't like like a common book of business, if that makes sense. There are a lot of renewals in my in 
the context that I was given at NASCAR. Um, but the difference between my current position with the Grizzlies and NASCAR a couple of years ago was NASCAR was a lot of renewals. A lot of folks who have been coming to that same track for that same date for 25 years, for as long as their family can remember, and they are passed down their seats, they passed down their camping ground spots. It's, it's part of the family tradition, um, which is great. I, I loved it. I loved meeting them at their campsites. They were grilling out for me, et cetera. It was great. But here at the Grizzlies, I was given a book of business and I'm the school contact, like um, elementary, middle and high schools. That's who I or generally work with. It's a little bit more integrated in the fact that a school, they're not just coming to a game. They can't get that approved by the school board to spend, you know, $2,000 to bring their kids to a game. It, it has to, there has to be an educational piece, or maybe they're singing the national anthem or performing at halftime. So that's, that's why I like group sales compared to just renewing folks who have been with NASCAR. It, it felt like a lot of placing orders, answering the phone, and dialing the next one, go, just going down the list where groups, I can be a lot more creative and figure out exactly what makes this one game into a bigger event for their school. It sounds like relationships are a really important thing. Yes. It, as much as you get to be creative as a group salesperson, you're developing a relationship with that group leader that then expands out to everybody else that's going to come, which my guess is especially in you know what you just talked about the high school or the elementary school groups not just the students but their parents how much do you think relationships in your experience how much how important is that in building relationships to get the sale it is extremely important like if i'm dealing with a choir director I start talking to them once the schedule comes out, um, which is August usually. So August, then they pick their date and then they get together how many kids are going to be in their choir that year. Um, and then they rehearse, rehearse, rehearse. Then we get their national anthem approved and booked. And then we start selling the tickets. And by this time, it might only be November, but I've been emailing this choir director back and forth. And um, I feel like we're best friends because we talk at least three times a day. Um, but And then their game might be in March. Like there's so much communication between the group leader and myself that, like I said, once I finally meet them on their game day, I'm like, I've known you my whole life. Let's get, let's get going. You know, we know the rules, but building relationships, it's, it's so important because if I wasn't communicative enough, or if I was delayed in my responses, like you kind of have to work on the, their time because as a choir director, you have periods where you have a full class and you can't answer an email. So it's all about knowing that person's schedule, knowing how they want to communicate. Most teachers are via email, but sometimes you get a guy who they have to call you through phone. And I would only know that by having a good relationship with them. And you brought up parents. Yes, parents are huge. It's, it's their little kid in a huge arena that they may not have ever been to. And they're just handing you off to a stranger, hoping that everything goes okay. And then they pick you, pick them up, you know, wherever. So one thing I've learned with groups in particular, it's a lot about the small details, um, a detailed itinerary, pickup spot, parking locations, um, and then hand giving each kid a sticker or a backpack or something like those little details go so much longer um, than, you know, just dropping them off, saying thank you and moving on to the next thing that lasts a lot longer. So that's something that I've been, I've been working on and I still work on to this day. Let's go a little bit more into the nuts and bolts of how you sell. Mm -hmm. Talk to us. You remember this, I think, 
very, very vividly would be my guest from, from our class. Talk to us about the pitch. Talk to us about the close. How do you do it? What do you do to find success? Yeah, the pitch and the close. Uh, so the pitch, you know, that it all starts from day one, your very first interaction with them, um, getting to learn them. Just like if, if you were going to buy a new TV nowadays, you know, you probably do buy it online and it gets shipped to your house. But if it's a big TV or it's a big investment, you go to Best Buy and you ask a representative, what do you prefer? What do you think? Ask for any discounts or, you know, just think, I always like to put myself in the perspective of the client or the buyer. How would they like to be treated? And I think from the pitch or from the beginning of your relationship, you would just ask questions, learn more and more about them and what type of person they are so that your pitch can be tweaked and configured to that one specific client so it doesn't sound so salesy or you're reading off a paper. Because um, you can always go back and say, well, I remember you saying that you've got a family of five. So this is why I think this package fits great for you. You know, just little tweaks and twists like that. It goes a long way and it makes you seem so much more reputable and trusting as a sales rep for you to almost regurgitate what they told you from the beginning. Great insight, Justin. And let's transition a little bit into the advice you can give to our students. You know, they're sitting there. We're, we're recording this here in April. That means we're about a month away from graduation uh, for, our, for our, our seniors and those moving on. So a couple of questions for you here. What was there something that you didn't know that you wish you did know getting into whether it's your first gig with the Grizzlies, your NASCAR gig, or now back to the Grizzlies. What do they need to know that uh, may not be obvious when you're, you're sitting there in your last year at Iowa? Yeah, uh, fun times. I, sometimes I wish I was back there, but gosh, the, all the finals, I, I, I don't think I could do it again. But anyway, um, if, if I could go back and do it all again, I would tell myself that the professors were right. Um, you're not in sports to make the big bucks, at least to start off with. Um, it's okay to take another internship or an entry-level position because that's that's what you're starting with. I was under the assumption that I was going to make three figures and I was going to have a glass office. Uh, still hasn't happened yet, but you know, it is in my future and that's what I'm wanting. And I understand that it, t it takes a lot just because you have a degree doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to jumpstart right into that fancy office with a TV in it. So I wish, I wish I would have told myself that and that it was okay to start where I started. Um, and you have to take a leap of faith. Like I, I'm from Iowa. My family's in, in Southeast Iowa. So moving to Memphis, it was like, oh my goodness, what is she doing? She's crazy. And she's only making, you know, $15 an hour. My God, how's she going to survive? But I did it. I mean, you get through it. And the cool thing about being in inside sales is you have 10, 15 other people that are in the same exact boat with you. And there, some of them that I was in the class with in 2019, they're my best friends still. Um, so it was a lot. To, to get through and swallow in 2019, but I'm very glad I did it. And, you know, I'm, I am working still for that glass office. <laughs> Is there a certain skill that you think you've learned since you graduated, since you, you've been in this a couple of years that you've uh, worked on yourself that is leading to success that you're seeing today? It's a really good question. I think that, um, 
probably collectiveness, calmness. Uh, when I first started, I mean, it is showbiz, so things can go wrong, game day, and we are working with human beings every single day. So there's so many variables in what we do. And I would get so worked up if I sent a wrong invoice or I misquoted someone or vice versa. If someone accidentally told me the wrong information, I would just, it would throw me into a tiz and the rest of the day was just crap because I couldn't get over it. Now, you know, a few years in, it did take me and I'm still learning. I'm learning that there's a lot of variables in this job. People make mistakes. We're all human. And it's okay to cut yourself some slack if you make a handful of mistakes. It's totally fine. One of our other interviewees, and it made what you just said made me think of this, and I want to get your opinion on it. Working in sports to one of our one of our other folks that was that did a sports cast, they put it that a lot of people talk about work life balance. But when you work in professional or collegiate sports, there's not a balance, it's life. And your balance is how you interact with everything while doing because these jobs, as you said, we're in the entertainment business. While we're working is when everyone else is relaxing or resting, watching it on TV or coming to our arenas when we're in ticket sales. How do you see that? How have you in these first couple of years of your career worked on life rather than a work-life balance? Yeah. And I'm still working on it. I'll be honest. Um, it, it is something that... I don't know, as, as the years go on, I find different ways to get completed, fill my glass back up, if that makes sense. For example, we're out of the regular season and it's playoff time. I mean, last year during this time, I was like, gosh, like there's going to be so many fans here. I'm, I'm already worrying. And we have our opponent hasn't even been solidified yet. Like, what am I doing? This is the best time to be in Memphis. So I think finding time to celebrate small wins, big wins, and wins with your entire team, it goes a very, very long way. Um, also, like, I'm not going to lie, like, when I do have the day off, what am I doing? I'm, I'm at a Grizzlies game or I'm watching the Grizzlies at home. Like, it's, it is part of my life, just like you said, and I love it. I, I, I'm a 100% a Grizzlies fan now. I didn't grow up as an NBA fan in general, but now you can't tell me anything against the Grizzlies or else I'll fight it back. Um but again, I am still working on it, work-life balance. Um, but, you know, when it, when I do have Sundays or Friday nights, you just got to recoup and whatever you need to do to recharge your battery. Some people, it is going out to eat. Me, I have to stay in and chill. And that's I have learned that after a few years. Justin, it's been a great conversation, and, and I do appreciate it. I always want to give any of our guests the last word before we wrap up. So... Whether it's a message to your your professors, whether it's a message to our students who re really, really take these, going to take these words to heart, I feel. You've got the last word. What do you want to say to everybody in the sales cast today? Awesome. That's a lot of pressure. Um, but I would say first, of course, thank you to the SRM staff at Iowa. Um, thank you, of course, for this opportunity. It's so cool. And um, don't be afraid to reach out, start networking. Um, if you haven't already reach out to me, I'm more, like I said, I kind of owe it to a Hawkeye since a Hawkeye brought me to Memphis. So, um, reach out to me. I'm always more than willing to answer questions, whatever it may be. And you never know who you're going to run into, who you're going to meet, or maybe who I know, et cetera. Like the sports industry is very, very small and you will, you will get to know that once you guys land a job. So, 
um, I wish everybody the best of luck and don't be afraid to take an opportunity. If it's across the country, if it's, you know, something unfamiliar, just do it. You'll learn so much and um, don't be afraid to do it. But good luck, everybody. Justin, thank you. I want to thank you for joining me today and the unbelievable insight you've given us, our students and the program. Uh, we are very proud of you and uh, keep up the great work. We know that you're going to keep going far. If you are a UI sport and rec management student, let us know who you would like to hear from or the topics you'd like us to cover, and we'll continue to work to get them on the SalesCast. You'll be able to follow all of the episodes of the UI Sports SalesCast on the official UI Sport and Recreation Management YouTube uh, channel. You can follow both Justin and myself on LinkedIn. As always, thanks for watching. We look forward to bringing you our next guest in the UI Sports SalesCast. We'll see you then, and go Hawks! We'll